everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and I am joined by some friends you guys already know, and that is Eric and Lalva of the Spirit World Center. If you guys are fans of the show and have been listening for a while, you probably caught their previous episode where we talked about all sorts of really amazing things. If you haven't caught the episode and you are new, you feel free to go ahead and pause this one and go back and listen to that one because this is kind of a part two continuation topic kind of thing. So we're going to talk about some really cool stuff, but Eric and Lava, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having us here. It's a pleasure to be back. Yes, thank you so much. Well, we love talking with you guys. And also, if you have listened to the sister show, Chaos and Shadow, they were also over there. They talked about shamanism. They talked about all sorts of cool stuff. They led us in a nice shamanistic uh, trans journey, which was awesome as well. So they, they are good friends of the network. So uh, today we are going to talk about spirits of place and some of our interactions with paranormal fae-like entities. And from everything we were talking about before we started recording, you guys have some pretty cool stories. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your place? Because I know on, uh, when I was on your show, I talked about mine. And I'd love to hear all about your land and uh, everything you guys have kind of started to encounter there. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's great to be talking about this on your show now. Um, as your listeners might know, actually, the, uh, the podcast hasn't been, uh, been posted yet, but you came on our podcast recently and talked about how uh, you, in particular, work with the spirits of the land in your area. And it was, an absolute, it was probably one of my favorite uh, interviews that I've done with a guest. And yeah, I'm really, uh, really happy to talk about what we do ourselves. Um, so we, we live out in the countryside. It's uh, basically north of Kingston, Ontario. And so it's basically, it's cottage country. It's, uh, you know, it, it's north of the Thousand Islands. And it's, uh, it's an area that has a lot of lakes, a lot of lakes. And, you know, within maybe 10 minutes driving, there's like you know, like, like probably 10 different lakes and, and uh, many more stretching out from there. And it's, it's interesting landscape, right? It's a lot of big stony outcrops and you'll find even in the, in the, um, in the landscape around here, there's, you know, some farmer's fields to the south where, you know, there's a lot of crops and such growing, but a lot of the area is just good for pasture land for cattle because you'll have cattle grazing along all these huge, huge boulder fields. Like I'm talking massive boulders, you know, boulders maybe 10 feet high and creating these huge outcrops. So it's really beautiful landscape in that way. And alongside that, there's all this, this uh, swampland, right? Because it's all mm -hmm. these, this lot of boulders and a lot of stone. And so the, uh, the water doesn't have anywhere to go. And this area was actually very sacred to a lot of the uh, Native American tribes, uh, um, apparently back around uh, the, uh, well, I'm not an expert on this part, but from what I've read, around, uh, around at the end of the first millennium, there was mm -hmm. a, a big uh, ceremonial complex around here. And it's interesting, even within two kilometers, maybe three kilometers of us, there is a, um, an old uh, burial mound that unfortunately the only material that I found on it was that in the 1930s it was reported as being dug into in an excavation and of course all the remains and artifacts and such were trucked out of there and dumped at another site so very very disturbed and unbelievably terrible um, actions done towards the uh, the local spiritual ecosystem here that's that's for sure I, there's a there's a farmhouse now literally uh right beside that that indian burial that the native american burial mound i can only imagine what type of uh activity might be going on there i don't know but uh it's it's a very very interesting area it feels very spiritually charged um and uh so of course we've had a lot of interesting experiences here and i think one of the first that we encountered was um <laughs> during a channeling session and 
Lauva, uh, she does a lot of uh, a lot of channeling, and during one session, she just started going me 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 me. Yes, that was so unusual. You know, like you're channeling. Usually, you have like, I don't know. It, it's not like that. You have words or you have right. other sounds, but not me 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 me. I'm like, what is that? What's <laughs> going on here? It's such a uh, um, an unusual like you're channeling and all you go is me 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 me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so odd and it you know it really sounded like beaker from the muppets you know and and it continued for quite a while and eventually what this channeling session turned into was that a lot of us started drawing on a piece of paper basically this map of our property and then drawing these kind of these circuits, these routes through the um, through the area, and we got the sense that these were basically these these routes that these beings would would follow, would uh, would walk and mm -hmm. travel. And eventually, what we started getting out of that uh, that channeling exercise, and and this is common with a lot of the channeling we do, where it can start off the the, the the signal coming through very strangely let's say and, and mm -hmm. not very communicatively but at the same time there being a signal and then it's almost like you know the beings on the other side are, are able to access your vocabulary to a greater degree and so eventually we started to get some some details from these beings and what we started getting was that these were fae-like entities fairy-like entities that lived in the in the in our property uh and that they lived on this big uh hill this big ridge uh in the back that's you know comprised of mm -hmm. all boulders and essentially you know you have this big ridge this big longitudinal ridge and then behind that is this very large ravine with a cliff face and all this and then there's another uh big uh, ridge uh maybe 50 feet tall, 40 feet tall behind that. And um, so we got the sense that these beings lived in those ridges. They lived in the boulders. This was the, the, the kind of the prime information that we were getting from them, right? That they lived in the boulders. And so that was pretty much, you know, the information we got. And then, then they, that they would travel through the property and, um, and that they were basically fae-like. Okay, so those are the main information points that we came away from the session with. So not much else happens after that for a while. And about a month later, we, we've come to start calling these beings Mimis because right. it's kind of like, well, this is this is how they communicated, right? This is literally the only thing that they were saying at the beginning. Me, 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 me. And, and so I'm like, okay, what do we know about these things? Well, we know that they're fairy-like. We know that they uh interact with the nature and we know that they live in the boulders okay is there anything out there in you know all the lexicons of fairies and the and all the the the, the dictionaries of spirits and stuff uh, and encyclopedias is there anything out there that's similar well i just type into google mimi and fairy and instantly it takes me to wikipedia which i was like okay that's fast and turns out that Mimi is basically the Aborigine name for fairy uh, in within huh. a, a certain area of Australia. And what blew us away there, so first off, the name matches. Secondly, they're fairies. Uh, but the thing that's, that, that really blew us away is that the number one piece of the lore is that these beings live in boulders. Yeah. that they live within the cracks in boulders and so you know it our our jaws were just wide open when we heard that and it really it really came to mind that you know okay fine these must be cousins of the ones down in australia but this is uh, you know, there's a reason, obviously, why they're called Mimis. <laughs> it obviously has something to do with their consciousness and how they, how they interact, how they express themselves. And 
at the same time, you know, these beings are following the same pattern. They're living in those boulders. And, uh, <laughs> and so we've been working with those beings ever since on the property. It's been, uh, uh, it's been quite a lot of fun. That sounds like it's been quite a lot of fun. And that kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you're familiar with a type of, uh, goblin slash fade like entity that's called a pakwuji i believe uh and i'm probably butchering that because i butcher all things that are not clear english um but the pakwujis uh are from the northeastern um continental u.s but there's also parts of it that they have found in other countries like europe and stuff like that that match the lore and it's like huh did y'all just like come over on the mayflower like did you just hitch a ride and decide to come over did, like how did this work and it that's what kind of came to mind with your memes it's like how did you guys end up there if you were all the way over here yeah hmm. i like exactly. it i like it a lot though i it's one of those mysteries of you know other beings it's like if you're over here how did you get over here like is there a pathway like do we not know this <laughs> is time travel a thing <laughs> i love um, it though it's so awesome yeah, one of the, the thing I think it could be, it's, it's a theory there, but is that, you know, let's say the boat is made of the wood from where they come from. And mm -hmm. I think they can, you know, as they maybe their consciousness is attached to a certain part of the land, but if they are, you know, they were living in the trees or living in the, the, the material that is that I've made, uh, traveling uh, tools that we have, uh, they could have been carried here. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be yeah. my... And my theory there. I think that's still yeah. really cool, though, to to see how um, other cultures and other places have similar lore and similar things. And oh yeah, yet somehow the same beings are in two different places at the same time. And I think that's super cool, super awesome. It, 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 it is makes one me of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is one of those very interesting questions, right? Were they here before? Do they just? take the form that our consciousness might expect did they come with us uh, i mean here in canada uh we have all the 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 settlers from you know from the uk and from uh, uh who arrived in the newfoundland area and like the mm -hmm. east coast of canada and the east coast of canada you know places like newfoundland new brunswick uh, prince edward island they have a very very rich uh fairy folklore as well um like almost as as strong as you know back in ireland right so mm -hmm. it's, it's very it's very strong there um so it's yeah these things they definitely move with us i think they're also there i think they can be very malleable they can take the form that we expect they can also take new forms it's it's quite amazing you know and yeah the pakwaji legend we are uh where we are, we're basically southeastern Ontario, so we're right across the border from New York. So mm -hmm. just you know, entering into that northeast United <laughs> States area where the Pukwudgie legend is is still strong. Yeah, that's super awesome. So we have the Mimi's that are on your property, um, but you had also mentioned some other fun kind of things that you have done. Some that kind of helped with interesting landscaping, I believe, is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well. You know, we, we arrive on this property and we know that, you know, these beings live and exist within the uh, within the landscape, especially within the boulders. Right. Mm -hmm. And so something a natural thing that emerged from that was, OK, we've got to build a stone circle. Right. And we got it's a great way to interact with the local energies, the local entities in a way that is creative it's it's giving something to them right one thing that we found especially working with the fae is that they love things that are creative right they love it when you add to the landscape uh that kind of the human creativity that only we are capable of right that building and so we started gathering big stones from all around the area mm -hmm. Yeah, that was quite the process. We first we find a spot in the in the forest, not too far from the house, and then um, I clear up all the ground for it. We cut like a little uh, dead trees that were there, and then so we have space for the circle, and then 
we went in the woods close to the boulder field where we know the, the Mimi were living and we asked permission for the rocks we're living offering and um, most of the big rocks was Eric carrying them <laughs> it was quite the I mean he sweat <laughs> it yeah. was a uh, quite the exercise <laughs> these were were pretty good pretty big boulders I'd oh, say yeah. some of them were, were tipping into the 80 pound some you had to roll some I actually literally had to roll yeah <laughs> and use levers and stuff and uh you know the number one thing when you're doing something like this is ask permission ask permission for yes. every single stone Absolutely. Some something we found was you know especially we have the the ring of all these you know smaller stones and when i say smaller stones they're still pretty big oh, right okay. they're uh they're the size of like two or three basketballs all together wow. and this is this is basically the ring around the edge mm -hmm. and uh and then we have these big stones at the you know at the I'll cardinal directions yeah. And then also one really big kind of phallic stone in the center, but it's like, you know, this, this, this center point where all the energy is, is focused. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what we found, especially in finding those big stones was that often they'd say, no, no, you can't have this one, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so easy to ask permission. I, I really suggest this to anyone who's going out into nature. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, especially when you're uh especially when you're a pagan or a witch or uh well anyone who likes nature you, yeah. you're going to be walking through the woods and it's like oh i like that stick oh i like that pine cone i like that <laughs> rock and it's so easy to just pick it up and take it right without recognizing that it is a part of the spiritual ecosystem of that place so you really should ask for permission and, and even give something back in exchange and you know it's such an easy thing to just kind of kneel down beside the object put your hand on it and just ask you know spirits of this place can i take this object and i find one of the easiest ways to get that intuitive response is just see what arises in your mind after you ask the question if positive thoughts or ideas or images come to mind it's very much kind of that positive yes but if you get things that are negative right negative in any way negative thoughts negative images then you know it's a no and just kind of you know respectfully say okay you keep that okay no problem and yeah so we we performed that for all the rocks and eventually we got some really amazing stuff that felt very very empowered very uh, very powerful and yeah it it took us a while to get everything into place but uh it has become quite the the ritual center mm -hmm. and we now have uh five five altars four four we have altars, four altars. we have one for our ancestors uh one for a specific set of spirit we work with one for the spirits of the land and another one for other like spirit guides uh that we have as well pretty much all the miscellaneous spirits we have in our life that, yeah. that aren't captured <laughs> by the other altars and and these are you know big slabs of stone maybe mm -hmm. two two and a half feet wide on top of other stones forming a kind of a a pillar shape and uh yeah it's it's really um a wonderful place to uh to work and you know anyone who's listening you don't have to have this massive stone circle in your no. backyard <laughs> to connect with the spirits of the land right and the one thing i know is that you can even just take a little little stone <laughs> and turn it into your altar right mm -hmm. you don't need yeah. to go uh but if you can if you uh, want. Make, make something big uh there is an amazing amount of energy that becomes that starts to cycle through that place it's like a it's like an energy vortex and it can be incredibly powerful and i gotta say when i go out there at you know two o'clock in the morning you definitely do not feel alone that's for sure <laughs> oh that must be such a wild experience oh that's so cool that like i'm sitting here just listening and i'm just like oh that looks like it or sounds like that would be so amazing i want to go <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of thing. Uh, that's an incredible experience. And I bet, so I with this stone circle that you guys have built with all of these altars, do you find that it attracts other entities to it? Yes. In fact, our, our I'm going to pass the mic over to Lauva here because um, absolutely our our ceremonial practices at this site definitely attract things that 
sometimes we have no idea what it is, but it's very interesting and foreign and then yeah go ahead Lava. yeah um no, I, I love this uh this circle and not long after we built it uh it was a full moon and i think it was the first full moon after this the building uh, of this uh of the circle and uh i just you know it was during the middle of the night and I just went, uh, you know, for the, you know, midnight pee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have other words to say. Um, and in the moonlight, in the house, there was something I'd never seen before, which was just tons of giant cocoon, like human-sized cocoon, um, all over the place in my living room and in the kitchen. And I was like, I just had a flash, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, who are you? And I could feel the, their energy and they were just kind of soaking in the, the moonlight. And, and then I'm like, okay, I just, you know, kind of quietly do my thing and go back. I didn't know what to do with them. Uh, and well, you woke me up and you were like, there's, there's something in the living room. <laughs> I, I get up, I'm like, am I actually going to see something here? <laughs> and of course, I don't see anything, right? This is already, you know, yeah. happening within Lava's psychic sense, but, you know, your third eye. But, you know, I, I didn't see anything, but it definitely felt a little weird. <laughs> I never seen them again. I was just like, will I see them again? They will be butterfly. Um, but talking about butterfly, there's another type of fairies that we encounter, but more in dream. And uh, that's something that happened to Eric and I that sometimes we have kind of we dream together mm -hmm. and and so um uh, these these we call them the brown mud night fairies and it's just like they're kind of yeah they're brown mud night fairies <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to describe other otherwise but they come into dreams and sometimes Eric and I were just kind of in trance and we dream together yeah it's one of those things where we'll wake up at at two o'clock in the morning and like be half like completely entranced both of us and kind of aware kind of in that in-between sleep state where usually we both feel like we're taking part in some kind of ritual or ceremony and at the same time it's like her experience of it will be different from mine but we definitely are having that shared trance state Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I imagine that some people who have experienced kind of alien abduction perhaps would kind of know that as kind of that, that absolutely that tranced out state where reality and other experiences kind of merge together. And mm -hmm. we, we certainly experience that, but kind of with the, with the local Fae, that's, yeah. that's for sure. And one thing that we get from from channeling with this this, this particular type of fae, the brown moth night fairies, is that they can definitely act as dream engineers coming in and kind of if you invite them, they can work with your subconscious mind while you dream. And uh, so they are very, uh, very interesting to work with for that reason. Oh, that's really interesting. So I kind of want to go quickly back to the cocoon people yeah i i don't know like i'm like do i call them fae what like i don't know uh, we'll just call, call them cocoon people question. i guess yeah <laughs> yeah um was there multiples or was it just a singular entity oh there were multiples i would say they were probably like 15 yeah i i call them the moonlight cocoon tribe come they were all white they were all tall like well pretty tall like eric so like six foot tall mm -hmm. uh very like large cocoon and i could I, it felt alive, you know, it really felt like they were so sinking in, uh, soaking in the moonlight. It was so interesting. Odd. Yeah. Wow. I didn't feel their presence after that. Never seen them again. It was very, very bizarre. <laughs> that yeah. is just super cool and super interesting. Uh, you know, it, we have a portal as we talked about on um your show there, there's a portal that sits on my land that's a natural one and you know we have some very interesting things that will come through and sometimes it you know kind of like you i will have experiences of like i don't know what i don't have a name for you i don't know what you are mm -hmm. i've never come in contact with you so 
that is very interesting, and I'm going to have to kind of keep a lookout for these beings that you're referring to in the, when I'm actually walking, because I think they would be interesting to experience. Oh, yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> I just felt like I could not disturb them. Mm -hmm. It felt like they were into their own trance there. Mm -hmm. It was so special. I felt like if I would be interacting with them, it would be impolite and like right. they were doing their own thing. And I just said, okay, you know what? Just be my guest and enjoy the moonlight in the house. <laughs> that's yeah. so I awesome. Think, <laughs> I think that's one thing that we've realized interacting with so many types of beings is that just because something is in your house doesn't mean that they're there to interact with you. Mm -hmm. That for a lot of the spirits around here, spirits of the land, our house is like a big boulder and it's, it's part of the natural landscape. They fleet in and out of it. You know, it's not like, it's not like they see any, any uh, divide between us and uh, between our <laughs> living area mm -hmm. and the land. Right. And, and really we don't create one right it's, we don't say oh everything has to stay out which i mean you can but we haven't done that you can see a house like a complex bird nest you know mm -hmm. we're just like very good at it so yes it's a, but this is how the spirits of the land they they see the house it's just a complex bird nest or boulder it's just it's and, just the land you know it, it's very interesting to kind of think about especially when you do spirit work and psychopomp work and all this other stuff that there is a large portion of different timelines, realities, uh, worlds that kind of overlap with ours. And we all just generalize and call it the spirit world or the astral world. But ultimately, there's so many different fragments of that that we can't really fathom as human beings because we don't have the consciousness to really fathom mm -hmm. it. And I think that there are times that even in my house, I, I will come in contact with things. That I'm like, I don't know if you're supposed to be in here. But it's almost like they don't realize that they're there. They, they're just there doing their own thing like your, yours was, were doing. And it's kind of, I think that it would be similar to if we walked into something else's house and, you know, they were making dinner or whatever. And, you know, they would turn around and be like, who are you? Why are you in my house? And you wouldn't even realize that you were there. So I think that, um, Eric, kind of what you were saying is a really uh, solid point that as witches and practitioners, um, any kind of entity that comes into your home or into your space may not there be there to necessarily hurt you. They might just be overlapping in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they can also be in, in, like incredibly curious. That too, <laughs> of yes. Course, right? <laughs> like they, you know, you're doing something and they're like, okay, we want to check out what you are, are doing. I mean, just just last week or maybe two weeks ago, uh, Lauva was doing some art in her, her room and I was, you know, in the living room on the couch and she opens the door and she was like, were you just jiggling my doorknob? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> and it's like, you know, sometimes those kind of experiences happen. It's like, well, what was that? You have you like you really have no idea how to yeah. there, there really is no way to ascertain who or what was doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But something was interested maybe in what you were doing. Or or they just not they just show you they're not too far. Like what like I remember we were talking about the Mimi, um, and the 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 light flick, you know, the mm -hmm. uh, the light switch uh turned off and it's impossible right to turn off it's it's the rolling thingy oh i forgot about that one yeah, yeah. No, i was marked by this one. yes oh wow i completely forgot about that one yeah the rolling so, thingy. yeah we were doing a channeling session yeah and and it was after a channeling session and uh we were talking about the mimis and the spirits of the land mm -hmm. and as soon as i said spirits of the land um i was right beside this uh this old I guess it's kind of like a spotlight lamp that that you clip that yeah that had this this real sticky um uh I guess you had to twist it right yeah, yeah it's it was, a roller you know they, they light oh, that yes, instead of flicking roller. up or down you mm -hmm. kind of have to roll the yeah the wheel the yeah. switch yeah yeah you yeah. had to roll the switch and and so yeah it had a really clear kind of switch on and switch off and you'd have to move the wheel quite a bit to get mm -hmm. it on to, to activate the spring 
and yeah uh, so we we uh we mentioned spirits of the land and then this light that's literally two feet away from my head just switches on and it was it was pretty clear it was like okay i guess they're here with us and i must have spent like 20 minutes after trying to put that switch in like an intermediate position or something to see if it would switch on by itself yeah. and nope <laughs> no it's uh it would not it would not um yeah there's they can definitely interact and say that they're there and that's kind of their tricksterish quality mm -hmm. right where it's yeah. like well i'm here you know i'm not going to tell you anything else or interact <laughs> in any further way but i'll definitely tell you that i'm here yeah and and that's that's kind of the funny thing about interacting with these kind of of entities right they can be just curious mm. they can just be passing through for their own reasons they can be tricksterish uh, then I find also, you know, there's there's spirits of the land that are kind of they're kind of rabid. Well, maybe not rabid, but they're they're more like a they're um, yeah, they're like a, a raccoon that is going through your trash. And you <laughs> yeah. know, they they are inquisitive and they are taking, you know, maybe little bits of energy that you've discarded, or you know, they are are just coming in for their own reasons. They have nothing against you, right? They're not they're not uh, uh, aggressive in any way. Uh, but I have a feeling if you cornered them, they could become aggressive. It's exactly like a raccoon that's going through your, your stuff, your trash and your recycling, right? Yep. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go try and pet it, but you know, it's, it's very nice <laughs> yeah. to have around, you know? So there's really, there's really all kinds of beings that you run into when yeah. you start to work with the spiritual ecosystem around you. And of course, you know, the easiest way to create that relationship I've, uh, that we have found is to start uh, giving offerings, right? Mm -hmm. And these are like little gifts, right? And uh, and we give these at the Stone Circle, and you know, just you know, a little offering of bread once every uh, once a week or so. Mm -hmm. It it really can be quite an amazing thing to do. It's just giving that that spiritual energy, right? The life force mm -hmm. energy, but also the 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 love and the respect that you're exuding when you're giving this energy. You know, they're they're picking up on that. Mm -hmm. and they are benefiting from it and i find that it it improves their ability to interact with the world and if you start giving that kind of that gift uh they will start to like you right and they'll take an interest in you and you know it's we sometimes call it an offering but it's not really you know it's not like you're worshiping them right it's not like you're right. bowing down before them it's, it's more like giving a gift right it's the symbiosis where you know i'm giving to you and that's like okay hey this person's pretty cool they're just giving to this to me okay well i'm going to help this person out you know and then hey you know we have this exchange going on this is great uh of course if anyone starts this kind of symbiotic exchange with the spirits of the land the one thing mm -hmm. i would advise is keep it up <laughs> unless you <laughs> until such point until such point as you go to them and say, look, for this reason, I can't do this anymore, you know, and if you do that respectfully, that's okay, you know, yeah. but if you, if you purposefully stop doing it, or even if you forget, you know, if you forget a week, uh, they will remind you, <laughs> because, <laughs> and not, not with malice, but it's more like if they're, you know, an excited two-year-old that like keeps getting candy from you, right, and then, you forget to give the two-year-old candy and they're they're gonna you know either throw a tantrum or be like i want the candy i want you know they're gonna be mm -hmm. they're gonna <laughs> so tell they, you they might get they might get mischievous they might hide your car keys they might you know do app ports you know <laughs> so yeah. these things happen um definitely yeah, so if you create that kind of relationship with them definitely remember to keep it up yeah <laughs> it's interesting that you know you're kind of talking about this and two images popped into my mind with as you were saying this think of it a little bit like you're you've just moved to a new neighborhood and you're wanting to get to know your neighbors so you bring them cookies but yeah. the interesting thing is there's a child there that really likes cookies and now has gotten the taste of your cookies and will show up at your house once a week and be like hi do you have any cookies yeah. and you give them a cookie except for one week you forget to give them a cookie so they steal your cookie jar yeah, and you have pretty to much. <laughs> that is the equivalency of giving a gift to a fae-like entity in my mind. 
Um, oh, totally. And it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. It's not with malice. It's, no. it's coming from exuberance. It's coming from excitement about the relationship that yeah. you have with them, right? They're reminding you of a commitment that you have with them but it's because they like you you know <laughs> that's why they trick you and play with your mind you know because <laughs> they like you <laughs> that is correct and the yeah. other thing too is you can always go into the kind of gift giving this is what i do with mine uh my spirits because i will forget and i will totally forget like for months that I am supposed to do this. So when I give them a gift, I'm like, hi, I have some extras. I thought you would like some. I don't know if I'll be back to give this to you anytime soon. So I hope you enjoy. And it's not yeah. necessarily just like, I don't care about you. It's the fact that I will forget because I'm yeah. human and I have so much other stuff going on and all that. So I tell them straight up, I will forget to basically feed you guys. So um here's a gift for now and i'll see you when i see you i, I love <laughs> i love that you bring that up because that's absolutely something that we teach our students as well which is you know you can create this cyclical exchange right mm -hmm. uh, but then also you can give one-offs right mm -hmm. and the, the kind of this one-off gift and they understand you know if you have that intention when you give that gift they understand okay this is a one-off gift i'm just going to enjoy it i'm not going to expect it again 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 and yeah if you're just starting out with working with the fae and spirits of the land that's always good as well to mm -hmm. see what's going to happen ultimately it's like with any relationship you just want clear expectation yes you just you set things clear and so there's no misunderstanding or uh, expectation that are not supposed to be there so same with the spirits <laughs> yeah so i have one question about some of the spirits that you guys have already brought up and i know that there's a few others that you've worked with as well but my question is do you guys have in any entities and any spirits that you have started to you know even if it's the mimis or other fae like beings that you have kind of gotten a relationship with that you can say hey i'm going to come to you because i'd like to do x magical practice or x magical working um for whatever reason could you come be of assistance for this ah uh, i think lava can talk deeper on this one but i would say the uh uh the brown moth night fairies and you know i just want to point out one thing before we get into this right uh -huh. is that you know we have names for them like the brown moth night fairies or the mimis right and everything right and i just want to point out that there's this there's so many different iterations that consciousness can take right yes. there's so many different types of fey and types of of and i just wanted to 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 really express that it's not like these are species that are um in stone you know it's not like these are uh, these are patterns that that consciousness takes and that that interact with our world or and that you know repeat themselves and that but it's i don't want people to feel at least in our experience that these are let's say beings that evolved alongside us or that you know it, it, we we can kind of get very kind of physical in our in how we think of these beings um as as almost biological right mm -hmm. that um and and i would say you know when we talk about biological it's like that these are our category like species that are kind of set in stone they exist and they change very slowly right i would say actually quite on the opposite that these are patterns that consciousness take that are very leading that are very uh that can change very quickly and uh can and can take many different forms right and so this is why you can have so many different and strange patterns that these kind of fey like consciousness uh takes right mm -hmm. so uh so what we're talking then about is a very particular manifestation of that fey like consciousness right so yeah brown moth night fairies um the uh they definitely can be called upon in our experience to, uh, to to cause change while you sleep, right? Um, yes. Well, I do call on the Brahma night fairies for um, dream work, where when I want actually to uh, change some part of my consciousness, 
uh, when it comes for healing or empowerment, when I try to prepare for something and I need kind of extra help to really uh, get there, to get my mind in a certain place or to, um, let's say I do some healing work during the day that is conscious, but then I want to do the same work on an unconscious level, dream level. So I ask their help and it, it it's really, it's powerful. I have to say like the morning I wake up and I'm different and um, I can just thank them for that. That's for sure. Uh, otherwise the Mimis, I love them for their creativity. Uh, um, I do a lot of creative work, painting. And when I call them, my work is very different from my regular work. It's mm -hmm. more primal. Uh, it's not linear. I, I, I can, I don't, we cannot see here, but I mean, I have a certain line of, of creation that I do when I call them that uh, you can see the, the wild, the wilderness uh, mm -hmm. in what I do. You can and, feel that raccoon fairy type thing. Oh, you, you <laughs> can <laughs> see the mischievous. They have a grin. My characters have a grin. I do a lot of, it's more like illustration based. Mm -hmm. um, and all the animals and being that I do, they have that little grin and these, these dark eyes. And um, it's like, they look like they want, they, they're playful, but you're just not too sure about them at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's not, it's really when I call them, I say, just, you know, just draw with me, just guide my hand. I, I trust you. And the things that, that go out of this is really different from uh, my other works that I do. Um, so that's an interesting in that way, for sure. That's yes. very cool. Very, very yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, the characters there that. look. <laughs> the characters there look like they're playful but they might bite <laughs> they they do have very uh, uh Big teeth. <laughs> yeah pointy <laughs> teeth <laughs> yeah i love that that's so awesome uh but you know and that's very true that there's a lot of spirits that have um you know that kind of raccoon kind of energy that's yeah. like i might hug you or i might try to rip your face off yeah <laughs> i'll decide in the moment it's just a really great thing and it also reminds me of uh the golden girls dorothy she's like yeah i'm going up for ice cream or to commit a murder i'll decide on in the car <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the vibe you get from the art i do with them <laughs> i love that that's so great um so yeah you guys also had that one spirit that you were telling me about that um helped do some destruction to your property but in a necessary yes. way oh that was so yes. odd i was in a yes. trance that day uh which is i don't know what's going on there i was going to the garage and as i opened the door of the garage i felt kind of a shadow going and running beside me fast kind of a almost like a dog and i thought it was our dog actually and um you felt it brush by your knee yeah, pushed by my knee, going beside me on, on my right side. And and I didn't, like, I don't, I can't even remember what I was doing in the garage. I came back and then that was it. Then later in the day. And, and what was so strange about yeah. that, right? And, and definitely Lava was in trance was, yeah, we have a dog, but it's definitely not allowed in the garage. And so if it had pushed past you and got into the garage, you would have taken it out of the garage. But also it's not like... <laughs> She would never have done she that. She would have never done that, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's and, not the dog to do that. And also, yeah, you wouldn't have you know, felt it push past you and then just left it in the garage after you no, had passed, right? Yeah, I know. I was such a nurse. Maybe I just did art. Usually after I do an art session, I'm kind of not super grounded sometimes. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. You're definitely in, in that space for sure. And so later, like probably a couple hours later, I go out to the garage because I'm actually looking for a place to, for a quiet area to record some podcast episodes. My, my studio wasn't quite working out where I had it. And so I was just investigating some possibilities. So I'm out in the garage and just looking around and it, it's quite a large, it's a two, two, uh, two car garage. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the, on the one side and I'm just looking around and all the bikes are in this one corner. 
And as my gaze is stand is 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 uh, you know moving around the room, um, my eyes fall upon the bikes, and at that instant, one of the tires explodes. Oh wow! And it's a dusty garage, so I see like the shock wave <laughs> move out from it with all the dust uh, for like six feet. Like it was, and it was loud, like super loud explosion. And so this bike tire is exploded. And I go back inside and I'm like, you know, you wouldn't believe what just happened. I looked at this tire and it instantly exploded. And, uh, of course, Lauva then tells me about what she saw going into the garage that morning. Right. And so I put two and two together and I'm like, okay, something is in the house, obviously of a spiritual nature and it's causing property damage. And so I was annoyed and upset. And so I was like, go get your drum. And so we got our drums and we're, you know, we're cleansing the house, you know, starting in the basement and cleansing all the way to the roof, you know, just pushing out anything that's negative. And I felt, you know, and, and when we were cleansing in the garage, uh, usually I tell people, you know, when you're cleansing, focus on only sending away that which is negative right Mm -hmm. negative energies and negative entities because otherwise you are getting rid of the the good stuff right Mm -hmm. um it's like uh i might have used this uh uh, mentioned this before but it's like um it's like your gut bacteria right you have you can have bad bacteria and you have good bacteria and uh your gut bacteria is very good but if you take a, a you know penicillin or any kind of antibiotic you kill all the bacteria and eventually you're going to have to take a probiotic after you've done the antibiotics that you can have a system that's functioning again. So you never want to push away the good stuff because it's just essential for that spiritual ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Well, in the garage, I was, I was annoyed and upset and I, I, I didn't just say negative. I focused on that entity. I was like, whoever did this, get out of here. I don't want (laughs) you around. And so we cleansed in that way. Anyways, later that day, uh, we do a channeling session, and I want to get some answers as to what that was. Mm -hmm. And of course, what comes out is that what that being that pushed into the garage was kind of a canine spirit of the land. And it had gone into the garage for a very particular reason. I was going on a daily bike ride at the time, and apparently that wheel was getting ready to pop any minute like it was uh it was uh, old and Mm -hmm. needed to be replaced and so they had been concerned that it was going to pop while I was on it on my daily bike ride and I could have become very injured because I would have been on the roadway and so they decided to pop it first and it happened when I was out there and looking at the tire right very uh perfect timing to bring my attention to it and so instantly after that I felt terrible I was like okay this thing this thing was trying to save me it was trying to help me it was uh you know trying to make sure I didn't get run over and and so of course the first thing I do is just like okay whoever uh whoever did that you're welcome in the house please come on back you know we uh we took a bunch of our uh dogs liver treats and we put them out at the circle for this for this canine spirit of the land and you know it's like okay you are always welcome in the house thank you so much and and this is this was an experience that taught us to try our best to avoid a reactive mindset, especially when it comes to the paranormal, that if something weird happens, don't freak out. Try to understand first, try to get the context, try to get the, um, try to, to figure out what's going on and then come up with a response, right? If you respond out of fear though, you're going to do the wrong thing because something could just be trying to reach out or help you. And you're going to act inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose, you know, like it's good to cleanse from negativity and negative entity anytime. And then, but if you focus on that particular entity that did something that you find was not correct, and that's different, right? Because it, it, we have this occasion where it was actually trying to help. And uh, so Eric is not injured. 
uh, yeah. So sometimes we think something is negative, but mm-hmm. it's actually positive. I yeah. think that that's really interesting. And now you guys also have a pet dog or had a pet dog at the time, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Did this canine spirit ever interact with your dog as far as you knew? It did not, you know, uh, yeah, with, uh, uh, with the dog we had at the time, Lacey, she, she never really, she wasn't seeing stuff in the house, at least not that we noticed. She would definitely respond to any kind of spiritual state that Lauva was in. Uh, so whenever Lauva was channeling, um, she would go away. She would, she would poke her, you know, I I mean, when Lauva's channeling, she's just sitting there writing or, or maybe talking in a, in a very, you know, regular voice. There's no big change in her demeanor. Right. But, um, but the dog we had at the time would, would come to the door, kind of poke its head in the room and then notice that Lauva's channeling and then it would just like head down and then just kind of slink backwards <laughs> like out of the room, nope very slowly, I'm not going there <laughs> slowly backing up and then just you know take a few steps and then okay she's gone um, <laughs> yeah this was so odd and you know it wasn't like I, I really feel like it was just she was picking up that that shift right. in energies right it's mm-hmm. like okay something else is present here yeah and and i don't get the pure energy of lava right now there's something else here and i'm not i don't know what's going on so i'm just going to remove myself from the situation <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, uh, definitely that kind of that oh, uncertainty and she was factor. such a polite dog that's unbelievable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, you're doing a thing. I'm not going to bother you. I'm yeah. going to go elsewhere. Yeah, just going to do my own thing. Bye. <laughs> so funny. And, you know, our, our current dog, um, she definitely uh, is not as concerned. She's young. She's a puppy still. Yeah. and mm-hmm. But she's not as concerned by the channeling. In fact, she she kind of is more curious, like, oh, there's a change here. What, what's going on there? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but yeah, not so, definitely the, the beings in this around here don't seem to interact with the dogs as much as actually there was that moment the other day. What, what was it that you were, we were talking about how relaxed Cinnamon was being. And then she suddenly just went absolutely insane and started running around. And you definitely felt like some fairy energy had had come in. It was like kind of proving us wrong or something. Um, But yeah, not not so much, you know, we don't get the whole, you know, cat staring off into empty space (laughs) type Mm -hmm. type of experience. That's very interesting. And, you know, the, the whole reason I asked is because our, our dog Bean, she'll, um, we have a, some sort of canine spirit. I don't know if it's a spirit of one of the animals that has passed that we owned at one point in time, or if it is something else that just appears to be canine. Uh, but it, it has a canine energy to it and she will interact with it. And often she tries to give it food out of her bowl interesting it's very strange like i'm there's times that i would have to sit down with her to eat because she was abused when we got her um they had starved her so she got used to me sitting there trying to help her eat uh Mm because otherwise she would eat so fast that she'd make herself sick and Mm -hmm. so sometimes i still have to sit with her to eat and there'll be times that she'll take like a mouthful of food and go drop it where this energy is like she's sharing it and i'm like what are you doing and like I can feel it and I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know who you are and I understand that she's being kind to you, but that's her food. You can't eat that. If you'd like more food, I'll be happy to give you some. Mm-hmm. And eventually she stopped doing it. It was after I said that that she stopped doing it. And it was very strange the way that that happened. But man, it was a weird scenario for a couple of weeks because I'm like, why are you not eating all your food? Why are you depositing part of it over here? But you never touch it. She would never touch it. I'd have to clean it up later. It was very what, interesting. Uh, what breed is your dog? She is a pit bull mix. Um, and, you know, pit bulls are, they get a bad rap, but they are notoriously loving dogs. They will oh, yeah, share they're very everything. sensitive dogs, yeah. Yeah, they, they're wonderful. She's, 
she is the sweetest dog I think I've ever owned. She does not have a mean bone in her body. Um, her sister that uh, passed in 2020, Coda, um, was also very sweet, but she was territorial about food, which was very interesting. And so they would have to be separated to eat. But Bean mm. never had a problem. Like, Bean would just back away from her bowl and be like, here, you can have it if you're hungry still. Uh, I'll just wait. It's fine. Mom will feed me more. Like, it, it was it was such a strange... She's not mean at all. And I'm like, this is weird. Interesting, but weird. And so, yeah, uh, once I started offering this other entity food, um, she stopped sharing. It was strange. Wow. I really wonder if different dog breeds might differ in their spiritual sensitivities. Because, I mean, they differ in other proclivities right like whether they want to retrieve things or mm -hmm. whether they want to point at other animals <laughs> yes. and such right i mean that's that's deep in their instincts so i really wonder if there might be a, a difference in how they see and perceive as well I mean, we've had australian shepherds and they're very energetic but mm -hmm. maybe they lose things in the in the energy yes. yeah that that's remind me also sometimes there are things you just can't explain and um I have rabbits, so I have like four bunnies. Mm -hmm. I'm a bunny lady, and I they they are in my studio. And one morning, I found them running in circle. They were just running in circle, the four of them, for no reason. And I was just found that fascinating. They never did that again. Uh, do you remember? Did I say something about something? I just remember them running in circle, yeah. but I was like. Yeah. What is happening for, here? For quiet, yeah. Um, Actually, there was a reason was another, I can't remember. There was another instance not long ago where also we were just closing out a channeling session, and we have um, uh, we have snakes as well. We have a number of snakes, and one of them is a, uh, a Brooks king snake, mm -hmm. and uh, so he's a, he's in a rather large enclosure he's about a five foot long snake and as soon as this channeling session ends like literally like the moment that you could say that lava's consciousness is back to normal waking consciousness uh it is in the corner and it starts to do this thing where it's moving in this circle like it's it is creating this ouroboros and it's moving really quickly like it's like it's this loud sound because it's in its little cave like this like and it's mm -hmm. and it's just going whoosh, 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 like it's uh making one rotation every he second and a half did that or so before, he's yeah. never done it before and, and never done it after and ah, i just remember that the context of this was just perfect in terms of the channeling session that we just had and it was like basically creating this ouroboros of energy spiraling around you know, so. because we were talking about ouroboros and cycles in the channel yeah inside definitely like and so wow. and then we stopped the channeling and the snakes start to do that this Wait. was like yeah, we did talk about Ouroboros. It, yeah, this is why it was my yes. going, Eric. It's because we were talking about Ouroboros. Yes. Oh, wow. That is intense. Yeah. 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 So sometimes there are just things like that. You're like, what's going on in the house? Like, I'm just no. When I saw my, my bunnies running in circle all together, I'm like, okay, you're doing some kind of bunny ritual there. You're having fun with fairies or something. I <laughs> I'm not going to interfere there. It's just super cool to see that. And and it, it happened to me um, before I met Eric, when I used to go meditate on the beach uh, mm -hmm. close to where I lived at the time. Uh, it was early in the morning and I saw uh, four, um, not swans. Um, Geese? Geese. Um, Canadian geese yeah I think and they were mm -hmm. all facing each other and, and they were all putting their head in the water and then and then uh, throwing the water up their back and they did that for like 10 minutes when then like kind of going into a circle it was a, such a beautiful they were dancing in the water together just throwing the water and then all together they they were doing it all at the same time it was kind of a uh, uh synchronized dance mm -hmm. you call that yeah oh, that was i mean i never seen that before i was like that's so beautiful 
And so I just know that sometimes you're just lucky enough to see these kind of secret ritual. <laughs> and that's great. You know, and yeah. I think that that's a really wise kind of thing to point out that it, humans are not the only thing that are spiritual. Animals are too. And, you know, even there, there's times where my little dog, who is my oldest fur baby, um, Hershey, um, whenever I do any sort of magical stuff, she has to come lay by my feet. Has to. She will claw at the door until I open it for her to come in. Otherwise, she will throw a tantrum until I do and interrupt whatever I'm trying to do. But she has to be there. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's also very interesting, too, that whatever animals that we come across in nature that's I think sometimes we may interrupt or be witness to their own spiritual activity. And it, it's just amazing that I think sometimes as humans, we forget that. Yes. And I wonder how much of it our ancestors were actually, you know, witnessing the others, uh, at the other animals ritual and just, you know, kind of be inspired by them. Yes. I think that that's very accurate. Um, you know, especially with a lot of, uh, you know, the, some of the indigenous folks that I've worked with in the past, you know, would talk about stuff like that. I'd talk about um, observing the rituals, especially of the bears, because there was a lot of bears where I grew up, like to the point that they would come sit outside my bedroom window during the summer and eat wow. off the fruit tree. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> uh, that's, that's close. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there were black bears, like you could just literally talk to them and they'd leave. But uh, you know, it, it's very interesting that they would talk about the rituals with them and the connection between them and us. And we kind of, you know, growing up, they, I didn't realize that until I got into high school and we had this bear that would come down from the mountain every night during the summer. And he would climb over our fence, which was not very tall. It was like maybe three and a half feet tall. Um, you know, it's just a normal white picket fence from the 50s. And he'd climb over it and he would sit underneath my parents' peach tree and he'd gather up all the peaches that had fallen on the ground and he'd put them in a pile and he would eat them. And then he would leave a very neat little pile of the pits for us in the morning. <laughs> and he would never make a mess. Like he was very kind and he was very respectful. Um, he never damaged the fence. He he would, you know, if the dogs would bark at him, he would never growl at them or be mean to them. It was just very like, I'm going to clean up the mess that's here. You guys can have the stuff in the tree, uh, but I'll clean up the stuff on the ground for you if that's cool. And it was just a really interesting experience. And some of the other people in the neighborhood were like, oh my gosh, it's a bear that, you know, he's going to attack you. He never tried to come in the house. He never tried to do anything. He just wanted to have his own little dinner and call it a night. It was a really wow. interesting experience. And I had a plum tree that was outside my bedroom window and he would come do the same thing with the plums. Oh, that's such a sweet story. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he, he was a very nice bear. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think that there's lots more spirits of the land than are, you know, in the spirit world. I think that our spirits of the land can also be very much accompanied in the animals surrounding us too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing that I appreciate is that when you have the chance to be, to have a close encounter with an animal and you, you can actually witness some behavior, it takes it away from the actual cliche that you can find in uh, spirit animal guides, for example. <laughs> yes. So for example, when you think of the bear spirit, you're like, and like, I'm a protector. You don't see a delicate bear super like i'm gonna just take care of the pear here and the plum and i'm gonna make a cute little pile and so on and now you're thinking i'm the territorial grizzly here yes. watch out and so that's just i love that and and to to put it at the quite the opposite of it as i'm i'm having bunnies and i was talking about it with eric is that they are not as fearful as you think they would be. Mm -hmm. And they also be, can be quite territorial and quite, um, you know, trying to fight for what they want. Yes. So uh, that's something that when you think of a bunny, you, you think about like, oh, it's cute. It's delicate. It's fast. It's bouncy and joyful. But no, they, they have their own. Uh, they can be something, you know, when it comes to uh, <laughs> territorial and so on. So um, 
I, I do appreciate it when when we see like even with the snakes it's uh, been a year now that we have snakes mm -hmm. and we re rescue snakes and they're um, incredibly sweet like I, they don't want to bite you at all even though that's the the common yeah. misnomer right they just want to be safe they want to be warm and they want to be fed and if they bite you it's because you smelled like something that they want to eat yeah yes. pretty much which is only rodents so as long as you don't smell like a rodent you're safe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that is amazing. Well, guys, we are at the top of the hour. Uh, so this has been a delightful and wonderful and enlightening conversation as always. And, you know, uh, just for our new people who have not gotten to listen to um, any of the stuff that you've done with us before, uh, can you tell them where they can find you? Certainly. Well, you can find us at the spiritworldcenter.com. That's just spiritworldcenter.com. Uh, we, of course, are from the, the Spirit World Center, where we teach online courses on shamanism and uh, mediumship and other ways of, of interacting with the spirit world. Uh, we also have a, a YouTube channel. Obviously, that's uh, the Spirit World Center on YouTube. Uh, we have an Instagram. That's spirit underscore world underscore center. And I think we also have a Twitter account, and that's also. And we have Spirit the podcast. So if you, if you, oh yes, we also have the Spirit World <laughs> Center podcast. So if you just go into Google and you type the Spirit World Center, you will find us. You will find all of our podcasts and everything in our website. Uh, there, of course, is also the Spirit World uh, in uh, somewhere in the U.S. And that is a giant liquor store. That you will <laughs> you will find that as well. But we are not them. We are the uh, <laughs> we are, we are not the, the liquor store. <laughs> we are the spiritual slash shamanic school that is listed. Like if you find some. Something with Eric Lauva and Spirit World, pretty sure it's us. I don't think there's someone else called like us. And uh, yeah, you should uh, go and listen to the episode uh, uh, with you for mm -hmm. them on the podcast. Do you know what's the yeah, name? We we already have uh, one episode one episode up with uh, with Pagan, and um, the other one is coming up soon. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in the first one we talk about uh, your encounters with the Bell Witch. So I mean that's yeah, a really that's so fantastic cool. episode. Yeah. And then yeah, in the second one we basically have the inverse of this episode that we just had. <laughs> so we have you talking about your uh, the spiritual refuge that you provide yes. for spirits of all sorts. So it's a really fantastic interview so i encourage people to check out the spirit world center podcast too yes and they also have a lot of really amazing guests on there um it's kind of become my one of my new favorite podcasts so uh be sure to also check that out everyone because you guys will not be disappointed the conversations are fantastic with them so check all that out and if you guys don't remember all the stuff they said about where you can find it there's links in the show description i have do that for you guys so you don't have to go try to figure it out yourselves <laughs> but eric lava this has been absolutely wonderful thank you guys so much for joining me everybody out there stay safe be kind to yourselves be kind to others and take care we'll talk to you all next time bye bye take care everybody bye bye take care bye bye mm -hmm.